Welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast with your hosts, Alex Harris. And with them, as always, are Tim Garner and Matt Paul. That was all right. Love it. That was all right. Wait. <laughs> what? Mine barely registered on my waveform. <laughs> Interesting. You'll see a spike, though. Yeah, I'm sure I will. Sometimes I have a little trouble finding it, but it's usually pretty obvious. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt. You know, it's funny. It's weird how I, I'm i getting so used to the what waveforms look like that sometimes mm-hmm. I can go, I'm 90% sure that's an um or an uh. Yeah, isn't that cool? And I know what like a or like a. Like a lip smacky kind of thing looks like. Like I, I, it, it's weird. The more you look at that stuff, it's crazy. Both of you should stop triggering our listeners with their misophone. Right <laughs> yeah. <now>. Those... <laughs> yeah, that'll help them. <laughs> they'll cheer them up, brighten their day. I wish I hadn't opened my beer yet. I would have cracked <laughs> it open. We <laughs> just fully that for you, Matt. <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll put a really cheesy sounding uh, can opening sound in there for you. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) hello and welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast. I'm Alex Harris. I'm an independent writer slash director. You may know me from my movie about former cop Ryan O'Connell being called upon to bust a dangerous criminal. So he recruits the help of a former childhood friend and street racer who has a chance to redeem himself too accelerated, too agitated. (laughs) I don't know why they made me start with the sequel. It was so weird. (laughs) The drum up interests. There's two twos in there. Yeah. Hi, I'm Tim Gardner, man of suit, actor, contortionist, mime, green suit guy. You may know me from my role as L. Woods' dog bruiser in Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde. I, oh, I'm so jealous. Bruce. <laughs> Hi, and I'm Matt Paul, and I'm totally not a script doctor, so you definitely don't know me from my decision to add that weird twist at the end of the French slasher high tension that I know some of you think is super clever. Which is great, because it clearly makes no narrative sense at all, so I'm really glad people liked it anyway. (laughs) I mean, it is French. It is French. Wee, wee, wee. (laughs) (laughs) It's, um, it'll be interesting to see if that, it'll be interesting to see if what you just said upsets anyone, Matt, because some people really think it makes perfect sense. (laughs) <laughs> because she's an unreliable narrator blah, 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 blah. Anyway Rashomon, Rashomon, Rashomon <laughs> Anyway, once again, and an affront to my hopes Of us using profits from this podcast To open a fitness club called Anyweights uh, We have some corrections from the previous episode So I was talking about how I believe that Death Spa was somewhat improvised And I read this oral history on the movie uh, Last week And apparently not That, that, that was all planned. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. Yeah, the script was primarily written by a guy named Mitch Paradise. <laughs> so, of course, it was. Hold up. I, first of all, n- none of us will ever be as cool as someone named Mitch Paradise. No. And by, when I say everyone, I mean humankind. I agree completely. Uh, is, is Mitch Paradise the new beautiful? sentence in in English language uh, usurping cellar door step aside cellar door Mitch Paradise (laughs) has taken over 
I agree. Yeah. What a name. Amazing. So yeah, but Mitch Paradise, good job. Uh, also, uh, I, I, Tim kept saying acid and I kept saying boiling for that poor girl who was killed in the basement because I assumed that it had to be boiled like she was boiled by boiling water because why would there be acid in those pipes? And it is acid and I don't understand. (laughs) Why was there acid in those pipes? Like every other thing that happened was something that actually would generally be in a spa, death or not. Uh, Like, you know, the chlorine gas, the, the fucking overly hot, uh, tanning bed, the weights, like, why was there acid right. in the pipes? <laughs> yeah, what kind of no, spa are a... they running? <laughs> it apparently already was a death spa. <laughs> maybe it was for the chemical peels they gave. Oh, um, uh, you know what? Maybe you're right. That's one hell of a but chemical no, peel. no, I'm not right because that's still incredibly dumb <laughs> and that is way too much acid. Well, way to go, Mitch Paradise. Jesus. Um, <laughs> Also, I, one thing that I think is worth mentioning is uh, some other things about the movie that I know now. Uh, Brenda Baki, who played Laura, the lead, was Cordelia, the sexy girl in Demon Knight. Jesus. The lollipop skull girl? I think, like, the girl no. who's, like, uh, getting freaky with uh, Thomas Hayden Church, if I remember correctly. Oh. Oh, my God. Okay. Holy crap. What, yeah. What a quote that was. <laughs> getting freaky with Thomas Hayden Church. <laughs> I mean, that's Slap the only on thing t-shirt. you can do with Thomas Aiden shirts. I mean, the guy, the guy was in that wine movie. How could you resist? Also, uh, <laughs> apparently, I've learned that the, one of the producers, Jamie Beardsley, was the primary driving force behind Death Spa and was also the second unit director. And she was the first assistant director on Reservoir Dogs. That's amazing. What a fucking nice. like what a what a hero to cinema, Jamie Beardsley incredible we salute you oh yeah we do like big time salute jamie beardsley um pour out some acid pipes for jamie beardsley she's still alive (laughs) i believe but you know just out of respect yeah um and also i read about how they did that opening shot that we talked about with the you know the camera high up and then the sign and then it goes in it was a huge crane with a camera operator in a steady cam rig sitting in it and then when they crane cam down they just walked out and walked into the into the spa incredible yeah it makes sense. It's perfect. What a film. Um, also, I would like to put myself on blast. Uh, you did not make note of this, but uh, my wife certainly did. Ooh. Uh, if you, To the careful listener, when talking about uh, the character David, because uh, the actor was also in Wrath of Khan and Star Trek Three, I said William Kirk. No one caught me. It's not. I. I. You. You saw my brain say <laughs> yes. the actor's first name. You're right. And the and the character's last name. For the record, I know it's James Tiberius Kirk. Don't at me. <laughs> How dare you, Tim? <laughs> How dare you? James Shatner would be so upset with you. <laughs> Rolling over in his grave. Oh wait. <laughs> is he? Al- is he dead? William Shatner is still alive. Hell oh, yeah. Sorry. But what about James Shatner? Oh no no! Oh, James Shatner, the uh, the evil parasitic twin. No, he oh, would be ruling in his grave. That's a, that's that's a bummer. Well, there's a reason why why Bill Shatner has a toupee. It's because of James Shatner in the back of his skull. <laughs> the original basis for a malignant. I know. Um, all right, that's it for corrections and additional death spot trivia. Let's move on to some news. Justin Lin, 
the man who revitalized the Fast and Furious franchise and made it what it is today, has signed on to direct a movie based on the true story of an American missionary called The Last Days of John Allen Chow. It will be Lin's first movie since abruptly leaving Fast X. That's good news for Lin, and I'm sure he's happy. That is, until Vin Diesel shows up and changes it to the Fast Days of John Allen Chow. Oh, God. Don't joke like that. Don't, I mean, don't, don't discount it. (laughs) Uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once dominated the Screen Actors Guild Awards. Those in attendance said it became a little obvious the movie would be the big winner when they made all the awards look suspiciously like butt plugs. (laughs) Lols. (laughs) Ant-Man 3 suffered the worst second week drop in MCU history. Despite Kevin Feige's frantic attempts to develop actual PIM particles to make the ticket sales look larger. So close. I saw that. We should probably talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I saw it too, actually. While Ant-Man 3 struggled to maintain its audience for a second week, Cocaine Bear overperformed at the box office, which hardly seems fair since the bear was using performance-enhancing drugs. Bear's gotta get his booger sugar. (laughs) Hobo with a Shotgun and Kids vs. Aliens director Jason Eisner shared a tone reel for a Casey Jones-led Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles spinoff he pitched to Paramount five years ago. But why should Paramount make something good when they can make nothing at all? (laughs) Supposedly there's that movie, there's one coming out that Seth Rogen produced or whatever, but I haven't heard jack shit about it. Wait, Casey Jones? No, the uh, Ninja Turtles movie. Oh. Oh, wow. But I don't know if you got... uh, if you guys haven't seen the reel that is in the the link there, uh, you should check it out. It's it's all like footage from other movies, but it 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 looks pretty cool. It, I I think it would be a great movie if they actually let that guy make it. Hey man, tone reels do their job then. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds is going to star in a boy band comedy with his buddy Sean Levy as the likely director. People are concerned that this may just be a secret marketing ploy by Reynolds. But he insists the band being named Boys to Mint Mobile is just a coincidence. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm wrapped up in this in this tone reel. Oh, sorry. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. TikTok personality Addison Ray is joining boomer Facebook personality Patrick Dempsey in Eli Roth's Thanksgiving slasher film. Even more interestingly, Tim is playing a gelatinous tube of cranberry jelly. Oh. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Uh, Eli Roth uh, helped me prepare for the role by getting into his bear Jew persona and <laughs> repeatedly struck me with a baseball bat to always a quivering jelly. I mean, it, I'm sure that worked. Surprisingly effective. And I've never slept better. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been confused by that that cranberry jelly that people like love. I'm like, what are you talking? It's just like a big, it just looks so unappetizing uh, to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean... That's what my family grew up with and what I will only serve for Thanksgiving. It's every family I've ever been around <laughs> serves it. And yeah. I've always been really confused by it. It's weird. I have, I personally have not eaten the stuff since I was like probably in high school. Right. But I still need to have it. Uh, Steve Yoon has joined the cast of Marvel's Thunderbolts film in a critical role. While many believe Yoon is playing the Sentry, he's actually playing Hulk Hogan's famous character, R.J. Hurricane Spencer, in the secret Thunder and Paradise spinoff get boom. I fucking knew it! <laughs> well, <laughs> man, that show. Wow. I can't believe me and Kevin Feige are the only people who remembers that show exists. <laughs> Cocaine Bear screenwriter Jimmy Warden has ideas for multiple sequels. Warden didn't go into details, but he 
did try to trademark the titles Meth Teddy, Benzo Panda, and Oxy Sloth. Aw, Oxy Sloth. <laughs> I know. He sounds adorable. He's already sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's it for news. Let's move on to new releases. Well, look what that's oh, look what's number one wow. in new releases. There it is. Now playing in theaters is Cocaine Bear. An oddball group of cops, criminals, tourists, and teens converge on a Georgia forest where a huge black bear goes on a murderous rampage after unintentionally ingesting cocaine. That's what they all say. The comedy thriller is directed by Elizabeth Banks. It stars Carrie Russell, Ray Liotta in his final role. Margot Martindale, solo himself, Alden Ironreich? (laughs) O'Shea Jackson Jr. and Matthew Rise. Reese? Reese. Reese. There you go. Reese. Good for Elizabeth Banks. I know. It's pretty it's pretty badass. Uh, now playing in theaters is Linoleum. When the host of a failing children's science show tries to fulfill his childhood dream of becoming an astronaut by building a rocket ship in his garage, a series of bizarre events occur that cause him to question his own reality. The comedy is written and directed by Colin West. It stars Jim Gaffigan, Rhea Seahorn, Tony Shalhoub, Caitlin Nakin, Michael Ian Black, and Amy Hargreaves. I haven't heard anything about that. Me neither. Neither did I until I wrote that up and I watched the trailer. I'm like, this is a quirky indie comedy. <laughs> but look at these, but look at their gets. I know, it's a good cast. Yeah. Now in theaters is God's Time. Dev and Luca race through New York to stop Regina on a righteous mission to murder her ex boyfriend. The dramedy is written and directed by Daniel and TB. It stars Jared Abrahamson, Harry Bouvi, Bouvi, Emily Fleischer, Yvette Mercedes, Sol Miranda, and Christine Seidel. New in theaters is Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre. Um, special <laughs> agent Orson Ford. <laughs> yep. like, come on. Say, uh, say it right. Come on. <laughs> the man's name that's jason statham's <laughs> character i believe in that movie right yes it is orson fortune oh my god special agent orson fortune and his team of operatives recruit one of hollywood's biggest movie stars to help them on an undercover mission when the sale of a deadly new weapon technology threatens to disrupt the world order the action comedy co-written and direct is co-written and directed by guy ritchie it stars jason statham Aubrey Plaza, Hugh Grant, Josh Hartnett, and Carrie Elways. Uh, that movie was has been in like limbo for a, like close to a year, and then all of a sudden it's out. Like there was, it, yeah, there was no information on a release about it like two weeks ago. Crazy. Wow. Orson Fortune. Good God. Orson Fortune. It's an obvious series bait too. Oh, yeah. By calling it by putting a colon in the title. I would add, I mean yeah it's the operation fortune series <laughs> yeah. like oceans 11 and 12 starring Orson Fortune Orson Fortune in Operation Fortune my god yeah. incredible his name alone will be taught in voice and articulation classes for years to come because of the way it can warm up one's mouth <laughs> uh, new in theaters is children of the corn oh, jesus yep the film describes the events leading up to and including the massacre of the adults of a small town in Nebraska by their children after the adults irresponsibly ruins the crops and the children's future. The Panacoidian Horror <laughs> is written and directed by Kurt Wimmer. It stars Elena Kemp. Oh, man. Elena Kemporis, Kate Moyer, Aaliyah Brown, Rafferty Greason, 
Callan Mulvey, and Erica Heinz. So, Kurt Wimmer, in case you don't remember, is the yes. writer and director yes. of Equilibrium. Indeed, he oh, is. Wow. And Ultraviolet. And Ultraviolet, which I absolutely have a, hard, a, a soft spot for, as completely insane as it is. So, Kurt Wimmer is, hasn't really done a lot in a long time. This movie, to my memory, has been done for like two years and is apparently horrible. Like, like test yes. reactions have been incredibly bad. Um, I wow, I didn't know it was coming out. Crazy. The yeah, uh, IMDb has its completion date as twenty twenty. Wow. Oh wow. Oh boy. Yeah. New in theaters is Creed three. Adonis has been thriving in both his career and family life, but when a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy resurfaces, the face-off is more than just a fight. How the fuck do I say this word? <laughs> Pu- pugilist? Pu- the pugil- pugilistic. pugilistic. Yeah. The pugilistic drama is directed by Michael B. Jordan. It stars Tessa Thompson, Jonathan Majors, Wood Harris. <laughs> That's me in the morning. Oh. Hey. <laughs> oh. Wood Harris, Florian Montanu, Felicia Richard, and Michael B. Jordan. Supposedly that's very good, and Michael Jordan, <laughs> Michael B. Jordan directs the shit out of it, supposedly. You can't go wrong. Jonathan Major's got a style. I know. I know. He's, he's so good. He's on fire. He's fucking great. And I'm always, I, I'm a definite Jonathan Major's stan, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> It's been noted on this podcast in episodes before. It's a, it's it's understandable. All right, that's it for new releases, which means it's time for what did we watch this week? Is that gonna fit everyone? Yeah, easily. Twelve customers total. How do they turn a profit? Twelve fifty ahead. That's how. What are we eating? A Rolex. It's one of his classics. You have to try the mouth feel of the mignonette. Please don't say mouthful. Tonight will be madness. Welcome. We'll endeavor to make your evening as pleasant as possible. Welcome to Hawthorne. Here we are family. We harvest, we ferment, we gel. They gel? We gel. He's not just a chef, he's a storyteller. The game is trying to guess what the overarching theme of the entire meal is going to be. You won't know till the end. Who are you? I am Margo. Why do you care? I have to know if you're with us or with them. It came out in 2022, but this week we watched The Menu. A young couple travels to a remote island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. The comedy-slash-horror film is directed by Mark Mylod, written by Seth Rice and Will Tracy, based on an original story created by Tracy, produced by Adam McKay, Betsy Koch, and Will Ferrell. It stars Rafe Fiennes, Hong Chow, Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Holt, Janet McTeer, Reed Birdie, Judith Light, and John Leguizamo. So, as a warning, I'm sure there will be spoilers as we discuss the menu. So, if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to pause this, watch the movie, and come back. I believe it's still on HBO Max. Um, Otherwise, let's dig right in. So, Matt and Tim, what are your favorite things about the menu? Wow, I kind of love this movie. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's why I suggested it. I figured that you would uh you would enjoy this. This seemed like a mad <laughs> this seemed like a mad movie. <laughs> a mad movie. Um <laughs> a mat in A. So I I <laughs> as um as somebody who, you know, enjoys all kinds of food and um has has fallen has obviously fallen for the like whole like celebrity chef thing. Um <laughs> You know, and all the shows and everything. Um, this was such a great satire on that. And I thought it was really funny. And I thought that all the humor kind of offset the more like serious things that happen in the movie. Let's just say. <laughs> um, and it almost made some of those like actually funny. Yeah. Like the, the like big like second to last thing. Yeah, um, I, I, I love that there's so many good quotes in the movie. So, so much quippy, funny dialogue. Um, I wrote some of them down. Please. <laughs> I like, uh, um, Elsa, first of all, is amazing. Is Elsa Hong Chao? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like when she's walking around and, she, and she's like saying what they do and like this we do this and this is where we do this and this is where we gel <laughs> and somebody in the you know it's like one of the guests are like gel she's like yes we gel like so <laughs> funny so funny when the finance bros you by the way um when the finance bros get their tortillas that have their like um I don't know the proof that they're like laundering oh, yeah, money yeah. on it. Yep. Um, <laughs> and they're like, "What is this?" And she's like, "Tortillas, <laughs> tortillas, <laughs> delicioso." <laughs> I, yeah, that was amazing. But but, but oh, so good. She kills it. Um, can you taste a little goat? And also, we're eating the ocean. From the critics. Yeah. So good. Very thalassic. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, you bake your own bread? Well, yes, it's all very, like, <laughs> rustic. <laughs> so good. Just so good. Uh, and um, Beast. Oh, yeah. He... <laughs> I love how, like... At first, he's just kind of, like, really, really into it and, like, the kind of person that, you know, watches all the shows and all that stuff is. But he slowly, like, descends into, like, complete, like, madness. Like, yeah. he's just, like, sitting there, like, eating while, like, people are, are, like, getting killed and, like, a guy's, like, fingers getting cut off. Yeah. I thought he was really great. Anya Taylor-Joy, she's she was good. She She's always good. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. The shit around the total absence of the bread is really fucking good. Like, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Don't forget, Matt. Bread, it is and always has been the food of the common man. Oh, yes, it has. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That too. All right, next. I mean, yeah. Uh, it was great. Uh, expertly shot, expertly acted. Uh, Nicholas Holt, uh, his character arc of... He is a huge foodie. Uh, maybe he's 
I don't know how, what other word to describe him is. Uh, buying into that celebrity chef culture fanboy shit. How it's slowly revealed that he knew about that the events of that night would transpire. Yeah. And he brought along Margot, air quotes, a.k.a. Aaron from Brockton, Massachusetts. Oh, my God. I was told that that was part of the movie by a girl named Aaron from Brockton, Massachusetts. Wow. (laughs) I'm in the fucking movie, kid. You gotta go fucking see it. That's so meta. I know. (laughs) That's awesome, though. Uh, but yeah, like Nicholas Holt's character's evolution was fantastic, revealing of how much of a piece of shit he really is, uh, other than being incredibly irritating. Um, yeah, the character, like, yeah, Elsa was great. I mean, Ray Fine's performance is fantastic. Oh, yeah. um, he really made a meal of it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, like the like Annie Taylor Joy, she's she's great. It's always weird seeing her do an American accent. Uh, even Nicholas Holt doing an American accent. Yeah. There's a lot of British actors doing American accents in this, which I find That's just kind of funny. Um, yeah, Judith Light. Now I think we definitively know who is the boss. Um, <laughs> it was great seeing her as in this like portrayal of a, I guess, just a miserable, miserable wife, which yeah. is a terrible thing to just sum up her character. But that kind of was suspicious to miserable to angry wife um married to a real piece of shit guy uh, but noble in her way um yeah it's just man yeah our our, our arturo castro is one of the finance bros oh yeah uh, our, our boy from uh from weird al oh yeah wasn't he um <laughs> what was the drug dealer oh weird al and weird al oh that was that him, was right? him? I don't know. Maybe. Now I have to look it up. He's from Broad City, famously. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what, yeah, you're right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was him. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's uh, funny. Yeah. That was him. Of course it was. Um, yeah. It was great to see It's just wonderful cast. Um, did a really good job, you know, for a movie that's main set is one place, which is this kitchen slash dining area. Um, it was fan like, you meant to feel confined, but me as the viewer, I'm not chafing at it, at the static. Like, we're not going anywhere new. Uh, like, it was an effective, it was a really well-designed and thought-out space. Uh, being in a freaking room like that never got old. Um, just, I mean, we're going to spoil shit. So it's just like, yeah, yeah Ray finds uh reveal of what the real plan is i mean obviously i think a lot of people going into this are going to know what the movie is about and but i mean i did have the pleasure of chrissy guessed wrong she's like they're going to be eating people at some point aren't they (laughs) no they're not dear viewer that would be too obvious yeah um this movie is good mean satire yeah um and i do think the trailers did this movie a disservice playing up more of the funny angles than there actually are uh, it's more commentary than anything. Very overt commentary. Um, but yeah, if it, it, it's like, yeah, there are funny parts in it, but it is like dark comedy would not, I feel like does, doesn't do it justice. Cause it's, it's really dark. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's great. I think it, um, it helped very fine's performance really helped me. Like I empathized with chefs, a slow 
Yeah. He like, was incredibly I, relatable I, for a murderer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? It's like, oh my God, I'm sympathizing with this man who's just lost it. Yep. And uh my Anna Taylor Joy's Margot way to get out of the situation was a genius move. Very Oh yeah, genius. that whole scene was so good. Yeah. It appears my eyes are bigger than my stomach. May I get this to go? So good. <laughs> when she tells him that even your hot dishes are cold. Oh, yeah. So oh, good. Brutal. Yeah. So good. But yeah, and the movie is just a wonderful commentary on, you know, life and how to, you know, and just, yeah, it's just losing oneself in what you do and taking what you love and destroying it by making it work. Yep. So. Yeah. And also the importance of therapy. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely in there too, for sure. <laughs> anyway, Alex. Um, yeah, I'm pretty much just going to echo everything you guys said. Uh, the cast was incredible. Um, you know, I, I really thought Nicholas Holt was really good. He, he had a very... It's hard. It, it's all. If you were to see the beginning of him and the end of him, it would be kind of hard to believe that's the same character. But when you're watching the mm. movie, it, it he perfectly transitions yeah. throughout and uh, reveals yeah. who he is more. Um, Anya Anya Taylor Joy was was fantastic. I I don't think I've ever seen her bad in anything. Not even New Mutants. Um, she was very good. Ray Fiennes was unbelievable. Um, John Leguizamo, I really, I'm like really like into John Leguizamo now for some reason. <laughs> I think it's because of Violent Night and um, and Susie and I recently we watched the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio Romeo and Juliet movie, and oh, wow. which is which is fucking wild, like so much yeah, more man. interesting than I remembered. And John Leguizamo is in like so good in it, and like like I don't know if I've ever. As as a straight man, I don't know if I've ever felt more confused than when I was watching John Leguizamo in that movie. And and I was like, Susie, why is he so hot? And she's like, I know. Um, now you know how I feel about Jonathan Majors. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah, so John Leguizamo, I was really happy he was there. He's always great. And um, Hong Chow, uh, I, mm. I had just seen her in The Whale, which she was also fantastic in. And I thought she was so good in this. And it's so funny because... One of her first roles was this mm-hmm. very small and pretty racist joke in How I Met Your Mother. What? Oh, wow. There's an episode where Ted becomes a college professor and he's reading off the names for to see who's present, you know, doing attendance. And he's like, oh, here's a fake name. You guys are funny. Cook Poo. And she goes here and it's like a running joke in the episode about how he made her so embarrassed that she like left the class and she's just there going here and now she's fucking hong chow and getting all these like like award buzz for 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 the whale and doing this it's crazy it's what the trajectory of some people's careers careers are unbelievable um so yeah great cast uh i really liked how it looked it was a very simple and elegant kind of look which i thought was fitting to the restaurant his food was kind of elegant and i mean it was it was overdone in some ways but there was kind of a simple elegant thing that went along with the with the restaurant and how the movie was shot great simple story very contained but didn't feel as you said claustrophobic or anything uh really walked the line between horror and comedy very well 
it never quite felt more felt more like one than the other. Um, and I do think this trailers did it did this disservice because the trailers made me not want to see this movie at all. But yeah. it was people telling me that it was good that made me eventually see it. Um, I loved all the title cards for the food. Es- yes. Especially oh Tyler's God. bullshit. That was, oh. <laughs> that was, I, I laughed so hard at that. That was incredible. Um, and yeah, I loved like the messages. I love what it said about how art is commercial. Cause, cause they're, I, I believe they're treating the cooking in, as, as art in this movie. It's about how art is commercial, commercialized and destroyed to the point that its original intent can be lost and how a simple gesture can remind someone why they wanted to create in the first place. Like, I, I thought that was all really interesting. Um, and I also like what it said about people in the service industry and how they are often treated like things rather than people, which applies both to uh, the chef and his people and obviously Margot. And and of course, I, I loved how Margot used her skills to get out of this in terms of because she talks about figuring out, you know, you got to figure out what your client wants and give that to him, which is also yeah. what the chef kind of does. And, you know, um, so, yeah, all that stuff I thought was great. Do you have any honorable mentions or things you had mixed emotions about, sometimes known as the Coronies, in honor of director David Cronenberg? Honorable mentions to Judith Light, um, just because she's the mom from Who's the Boss? <laughs> And and I <laughs> at the end of the at the end when the whole like I mean honorable mention to the whole s'mores situation. Oh my end. god, the s'mores thing was so <laughs> funny. But I they like <laughs> like go around and they're putting like the chocolate on them and, the, <laughs> and then they're putting like the hat on them and. Sh- like she just like looks up at them and it's just like thank you. Like she was just <laughs> yeah. like given like a cocktail or like a meal. Thank you. Yeah. Um <laughs> so funny. So so funny. Um the whole s'mores thing, yeah. Amazing. Cronies for the gentleman that shoots himself. That was mm. intense. Yeah. Um and half cronies, half honorable mention to when Ray Fiennes calls um, Beast up to cook, and he's just like, cook, cook, <laughs> cook, cook. It was so cook. uncomfortable. And it was so stressful, and he's like cooking, yeah. and you're like, oh my, like, it was so, it made me feel things. But, and then <laughs> Chef talks to him and like whispers something to him, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I'm sure was, you should go kill yourself. Or you'll never be a good chef or something like it's some something simple like that for all you know. Yeah. And he literally just does it. Ugh, I know. Yep. Okay, chef. Like, oh my god. So good. Such a good movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, uh I just I mean my album eventually goes to Hong Chao just because her character of Elsa is wonderful. And yeah. just every dialogue they had her perform. Yeah. Is so great. Just, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, you can't go wrong with like, like we gel. You're right. Like you mentioned earlier. <laughs> we gel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And just like, we never burn anything unless by design to make delicious. You know, like, <laughs> huh. so yeah, good. no, her performance is, yeah, special accolades for Hong Chao in this. Um, cronies, I'd say, I, I would say the thing that cronied me up was just, uh, 
not the the guy didn't have it coming, but the dispatching of the angel investor. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, that kind of crowed me out because of just how, just how cruel it is in a way. Oh yeah, uh, it's not being. It's not being crushed under a locker and then the sprinklers spray acid all over your torso and face. <laughs> kind of cruel. But it's like that just cold, calculated, efficient cruelty. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then Ray finds me like, oh, did you hear that? Nothing. <laughs> Silence. You know. Oh, yeah. Just way to go. That was a good one. Now, Yeah. yeah um, major cronies to the food. It was it was all cool looking, but I did not want to eat it like <laughs> at all. Um, I was just like, "What? Okay, like that's it, it, you got some stuff on some rocks and shit." <laughs> I I I feel like I would be remiss if I don't mention there's a chef that is named Rene Rizepi, who okay. is from Denmark and has this th- this restaurant named Noma. And is it bread? It's like a restaurant. It's like everything, oh. but it's like he's like yes, and and I go and I pick the seaweed on the first day that it's ripe, and then I take it home, and <laughs> then we dig up this one special mushroom that you know has been in a <laughs> pile, like, and it's all local and time sensitive, and mm-hmm. um, he closed his restaurant very abruptly. This year, this past year, like last year, like when this movie came out. Okay. Um, and it's pretty wild because all like this whole movie is blatantly based on his restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. I believe <laughs> Even, it is. like it's like on an island. Like it's the same thing. I believe I read that it was the basis. Yeah. Um, that's a closed w- it abruptly. I wonder. That's a wild thing to wrap your head around as well, the they- person. They all smored each other, um, I believe, is what happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that, th- those kind of dishes, like, oh, you're eating the ocean. Like, that's all like cool and all. And I'm sure some people will be like, oh, that's so interesting and blah, blah. But I was just like, yeah, I, no thanks. Can you, you know, like I, I was, I was, I was Margot. Like, can you make me a fucking burger? And I will say that burger <laughs> looked incredible. So Ooh, that was yes, great. I did. Um, Aaron from Brockton uh, obviously gets, uh, you know, honorable mention for me. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's like little goofy, funny things. Like I loved them handing like a snack to the last one to be caught. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like the hand comes in just so calm. It was it just that was just so funny. I love them singing happy birthday to that dude. Like everything yeah. is all fucked up and they do it anyway because they're taking yeah. all this so seriously. Um, and I also love how they kept giving the broken emulsion to uh, <laughs> so good. <laughs> just kept putting it up, like here you go. Oh, um, so good, so funny. Was there anything you didn't like about the menu? Was there anything that confused you? Um, confused about his mom being there. Oh yeah, like the mom thing was weird. She was just like in the corner getting pickled. Yeah, like, and that was that. That was sad. I agree. I thought, yeah. Besides that, I thought this movie was great. I don't really have anything glaring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, I don't really have any other than yeah, the mom, uh, the tragedy of uh, what Chef Slowski's mom, the woman endured 
physical abuse and torture during her younger years and now drinks herself into oblivion and now she's going to burn to death i know brutal uh yeah like her sin was being a survivor of domestic violence apparently Um, i know anyway um but yeah not, nothing real confusing for me. Uh, overall, it's a strong movie with its uh, where's its convictions on its sleeve. Yeah, yeah. I um, I have no real complaints or criticisms. the The only thing, and and I I feel like I'm the only person who thought this. Um, so when Margot is in the chef's cabin and looking at old pictures of him. I could have sworn it showed him with a small child, but was that, was I it wrong? Him and, uh, okay. No, you're not wrong. It was him with a woman and a child. Did either of you all get the impression that Nicholas Holt was his son? Oh, wow. What? I, I haven't seen anyone else say this, but like, think about it. He, he knew, he like idolized him. He wanted to be like him. He knew. He told him what he was. The chef told him what he was gonna do ahead of time. I I, I have mm. no idea if it was just me misreading it, but for some reason, the whole time I was like, "Is that is supposed to be his son?" Wow, that yeah. is interesting. I don't know. And I mean, it seems weird. Why would he do that to his son? Well, why would he do that to his mother? I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Confused about that, but that could have just been me looking for additional meaning when there was none. Right. Uh, do you have a favorite death scene? I mean, when um, Elsa and Margot fight, that's a pretty good fight. Yeah. And then when 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 Margot kills Elsa with the um, knife through the neck, that yeah. was pretty brutal. Um, that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, especially appreciate that Margo has her blood on her forearms for the rest of the movie. That's a good continuity. Oh, yeah. I know, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I gotta go back to the angel investor death just because of, like, the crony factor. <laughs> it's good and off-putting and it's in a twisted art way. Yeah. Yeah, those are all great. Um, I'll give a... a my runner-up is probably the that assistant chef or whatever not because i enjoyed it but because it really it it shifted the movie you know like it was just such a big Mm -hmm. shocking thing there was no mystery left like this is bad bad shit is happening it just completely shifted Mm -hmm. everything so for its impact i think that's pretty big but my favorite is probably just everyone being turned into s'mores like that's ridiculous (laughs) 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 it's so funny um (laughs) and and then afterwards, they like the um, description is just like chocolate, marshmallow, graham cracker, customer, staff, restaurant. <laughs> yeah. So good. I know. Uh, would you give any random aesthetic choices in the menu a breaky award in honor of the Windbreakers in the Nail Blancamp movie? Demonic. I mean, that burger for sure. Uh, I know. It was just, just thinking so about wet it. With like all the oil coming out of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was just so juicy <laughs> yeah um what about them crinkle cut fries look good oh, i they know they were good that whole meal yeah. mm. the whole thing really um <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna think about the burger <laughs> okay <laughs> uh no breaky goes to i guess anna taylor joy having to wear that 
that dress, that whole shoot for this whole film. Oh, yeah. And just thinking of how cold she must have been the entire time <laughs> and what she had to endure to perform in that slinky, slinky outfit. So the breaky goes to really Anna Taylor-Joy's uh, commitment to the part and uh, gumption to keep wearing that damn thing. Yeah, it's valid. Um, I'd give runner-up breakies to all the title cards for the meals. Um, I like the design of the restaurants. Um, I really liked seeing everyone with their little marshmallow hats and <laughs> and, and stuff. That 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 was all great. But I think my my breaky was the simple but effective choice of putting Margot in a leather jacket and boots. Oh, yeah, the boots are cool. Yeah, like I feel like it. You know, we've talked about before about costume choices that define character, and I thought those were two very, very good choices um, to kind of tell us ahead of time that she's different than everyone else there. Yep. Finally, do you see yourself watching the menu again in the future, and do you think you'll be recommending it to anyone? Yes and yes. Yeah? Yeah. I was just telling a friend of mine who is really into food more in that general direction. And I was like, you should see this movie. I think you'll. You should see it. It's just a good movie about food. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> Do you like burgers? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I will watch this again. I, though I do think I need uh, a break because it is a dark film. Mm. No matter how understandable and empathetic our villain is. Uh, yeah. You need to watch again. But woohoo. Um, yeah. And of course, definitely recommend it to folks who. Like, do you like horror adjacent? Mm. It's, you know, it's because, yeah, it's, it, I would classify this as a horror ish movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I'll see it again. You know, um, I don't know how soon I'll choose to watch it again because there's no, like, I don't know, roundhouse kicks or anything in it. So it, it, it probably go in my, like, kind of low down on my, on my rewatch list, but, I, I'm sure it's one of those movies that if someone wanted to watch it, I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'll watch the menu. Um, and I think I'd recommend this to pretty much anyone who, like, if someone were to say, like, you've seen any good movies lately, I feel like the menu would be one of my first answers. Because as long as mm. people are cool with dark, kind of horror-adjacent and violent satire, I feel like this is a pretty universal movie. I feel like most yeah, people yeah. would enjoy this in some capacity. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, before we go, did either of you watch any other movies this week that you'd like to quickly recommend or not recommend? <laughs> sounds like sounds like me and Alex both saw Ant-Man separately. Yeah, I Should needed to uh, get out of the house for a little bit, and so I was like, I guess I'll go see Ant-Man. And that hunky, hunky Jonathan Majors. Hunky, hunky. Oh, yeah, hunky, hunky Jonathan Majors. Wow, what a goofy movie. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we'll probably spoil Ant-Man 3 a little bit, so feel free to pause this if you don't want to hear us talk about it it was i mean i like there were parts of it that i thought were like pretty funny um like they were all like as a marvel movie it was fine um there was tension you know i felt myself you know being i don't know into it but it was just the the like <laughs> the blatant Star Wars ripoffs. Yeah. Like do you think that was purposeful? Did they, like 
I'm sure, yeah. Or coincidental, like it's I like would assume. they start off at Tatooine and then go into a <laughs> you know a cantina, if you a will. A cantina and, and they're all, you know, disguised and there's aliens are like Yeah. I don't know. Um but Yeah, and then Modoc <laughs> super silly. <laughs> I know, man. Like the CGI for that, like the. It did not look good. <laughs> it just flat they just out like did not look. It good. was, it was f- like there was no depth. It was just f- like it yeah. was just flat. It was like if you just took a photo like and just stretched it. <laughs> yeah, the no first depth. time I I saw some, uh, 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 I I mentioned this to you guys. I saw like a leaked image of it on Twitter. I thought it was just something someone made. I, I right. was like, there's no way that's actually what he looks like in the movie. Wow. And knowing what he looks like, it makes all the all the references to uh, Spy Kids 3D and George Lopez makes all the more sense. Yeah. I know this was yeah. very, very Spy Kids 3D. Very. Yeah. But like not like the the effects were not good. It looked very flat. It was all very flat and muddy, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did really like Michelle Pfeiffer. I feel like she steals mm. the movie. I agree. Um, and Jonathan Majors, obviously. Yeah. I feel like I will say this though, as like now that we know that he's like the big bad guy for like the next however many fucking movies, um. Like, I feel like his whole thing is going to get old. And, like... Yeah. He's, like... there. There's such a formula to all of the bad guys in these movies that it's just, like... Correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, wasn't Christian Bale's char- villain character in the last Thor movie trying to do, like, the same thing? I Just, think? like, start over? Yeah. Like, yeah. Just- I thought it was... Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's similar it enough. Gods. Yeah. 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 Thanos was definitely motivation was to not start over, but oh, yeah. do the equivalent of that for sure. Yeah, I feel like Thanos is his motivation, whether you agree with it or not, has a degree of logic. Whereas Kang Kang's is just like, we need to get back into like the non-quantum realm. Because something worse is going to happen if I don't. Okay. <laughs> sure. I'll take your word for it. Maybe it'll eventually war. seem like a real strong motivation, but it's it's like we don't know enough yet to really care. Yeah. And if you do know enough, it would only have been come if you'd watched the Loki series. Right. Right. Which is asking a lot. I haven't which, again, watched I, that yet. So. Right. I, I think it was a good series. Yeah, um, it is. But here we are, though. Now Marvel's becoming like every comic book. Yeah. It gets just so complicated and hard to follow along with, spread out amongst different series. And that's what's happening. So, yeah. Gotta do your homework before you watch a Marvel movie now. I know. Yeah, man. I did like the jelly guy talking about how he really wants to have holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was funny. And then Paul Rudd. Taking the two seconds to count his holes, to, yeah. To see if he was right about guessing the number of holes. Yeah, that was Ant Man has. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He goes seven holes, and he like he's like, 
He's like, well, uh, uh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I remember when that in the movie when I was watching, I was like, seven. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that seems like way too many. I didn't realize. Um, <laughs> seven seems seven doesn't seem like enough. <laughs> I know, honestly. That's what she said. No, I'm serious. Um, but yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, it. it um, so it was written by Jeff Loveness. Uh, who I believe, if I remember correctly, is another one of the several writers from Rick and Morty that Marvel mm. is now offen- uh, obsessed with. And if wow. you watch the movie, just kind of picturing it as a live-action Rick and Morty m- movie, it it makes perfect sense. Like uh, th- it it is very Rick and Morty like. So uh, so I think if people really like Rick and Morty, they'll probably really like this movie. But yeah, I, I was I was underwhelmed as well. But yeah, uh, it was it was all right. It you know how like Martin Scorsese and people talk about how these movies aren't really movies; they're more like spectacles, like roller coaster rides, uh, amusement yeah. park attractions. I don't yeah, know if any so. any Marvel movie felt more like that to me than this one. For some yeah. reason, it like mm. really really felt like that to me, which was a uh, which was a bummer. But anyway. Um, I did also see literally right before we recorded this episode, Cocaine Bear. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, 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 that's why you were late, Alex. That's right. Um, it was pretty good. I mean, it, you know, it it didn't have quite the like style or I don't know that special something that I would have liked it to have. But it was it, the script is really I think the script is good. It's funny. Um, it, it handles a bunch of ensemble characters really well. The bear is kind I kind of love that fucking bear now. Um, <laughs> good use of music. One thing I thought was really interesting is it, the, 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 the movie begins with the exact same song that wet hot American summer begins with, which was one of Elizabeth Banks first big roles. And oh, I'm, wow. I'm dying to know whether or not that was on purpose. Um, but yeah, it was it was like fun. It reminded me of like 80s slashers and 80s comedies. Yeah. It's a good time at the movies. I'll say that. I found the address in your coat. Here, between the address of a topless bar and the picture of what looks like a man's penis. That's a duck, not a dick. Oh, the sound of one of the great lines from The Long Kiss Goodnight means we are out of time. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode, assuming we don't do so much damage to a brilliant chef's love for their craft that they decide to feed and murder us before then. If you have any questions for me, Matt, or Tim, you can reach us through our email, aiptmoviespod at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter at aiptmoviespod. If you like this podcast or any of the other great podcast articles or features on AIPT, you can help to support the site and the people who work on it by signing up for a Patreon at patreon.com slash aiptcomics. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, it's okay to love movies. They may not be able to love you back, but they'll always be there for you. Bye. Be mindful, but do not eat.